Welcome, everyone, to New Goggles number 12. And this one, we are going to talk about personal responsibilities. We're going to talk about social responsibilities. And we're going to talk about who you and I are and what we should be pursuing, how we should be pursuing each other, how we should approach each other. What is the impact of our approaches to each other in our servitude of extending the kingdom of God for his glory, how we are to search out righteousness and how we are uniquely made and we are not equal. Let me start right there. We are not made equal. God has put his signature into you like a piece of art. You are uniquely made and you are uniquely put at this period of time in the time and place of where you are right now for his purposes. You are not called to be like someone else. We are not to envy others. And we're going to tackle some tough questions in this. And I will end with basically seven steps. Why seven? Well, because it's a really good number, biblically speaking, um, in which you can write them down and take the focus of this entire lesson and have instruction to move forward. This will be the uh, last chapter in this series. I may do a comprehensive uh, covering of the whole thing, putting it all together. We'll see how that goes uh, for you. But if you followed all of the steps in order, your life will be transformed. If you do the work, you will see God's hand supernaturally at work inside of you. Look, I've been following this stuff. I've been studying this stuff for over 20 years. This is my first time teaching this particular uh, module of teaching this new goggles series that I'm putting out. Uh, it really is to see the world in a new way, to see it through the Father's eyes, and to see uh, when, as we walk through life, to see things in the Father's perspective and hear God's voice clearly as it relates to Scripture and how we must act and go forward. And this is going to tackle, uh, you know, I've, we've already tackled some things like charity, how by giving to someone, you might be robbing them of their spiritual journey. Um, we're going to talk about the social responsibilities about giving uh, to people, investing. Uh, there's going to be a lot of things. In, and I really think that there are a lot of misconceptions in Christianity, and part, that's part of the reason why I now refer to it as the way, which is the way the apostles did. So, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for each one that is here today. Lord, let your words 
go forward. Let my words fall away if they are not directly related to the glory of God and your word. If they're, if I've misinterpreted anywhere, Father God, I pray you bring correction and I will publicly correct uh, these things. However, Father God, I do believe this is all based on your word. And I pray for each one listening, Lord, that they will be transformative in their life and empowering for each and every one who has listened to the series and put in the work. Praise your name, Jesus. Amen. The thing is, you do need to put in the work. You need to look at some of the scriptures that I, if not all of the scriptures that I've given you. You, If you don't put something in, you will not take something out. That's a spiritual principle. Um, God is not a charity case. He does not give you charity. Um, God lets you move of free will, and God will pay for what he orders, and he will take away uh, from those who are not in obedience. And with that in mind, I'm going to start with, you know, probably one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And I think this, actually, this particular story really talks about the death and resurrection. This is almost the whole gospel in one story. Uh, in fact, I, I think I'm going to do a Bible study on this one story uh, in the near future uh, because it's absolutely fascinating when we go through it. So uh, I am going from Luke and I'm going to give this story of the prodigal son, starting in verse 11. And he said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that is coming to me. And so he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey to a distant country. And there he squandered his estate in wild living. Now, when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began doing without. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. And he longed to have his fill of the carob pods that the pigs were eating, and no one was giving him anything. But when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired laborers have more than enough bread, but I am dying here from hunger. I will set out and to go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired laborers. So he set out to come to his father. But when he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him. And he ran and embraced and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And in your sight, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him. 
and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf, slaughter it, and let's eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and he's found. And they began to celebrate. Hallelujah, Lord. Man, if you don't see this in yourself, each one of us was lost, folks. <sighs> power of God's scripture. The power of his resurrection. He puts the Holy Spirit into you. If you want a supernatural experience, stop searching out this esoteric supernatural stuff and look to God for a supernatural experience. Have you not had your fill? Have you not had your fill of seeing what the demonic is doing? You want to know about supernatural? Look to God's word. God lifts up some and he lets others slide. It's not all about money, folks. We're going to deal with that in a little bit. But it's really about your righteousness. And you can be righteous and poor. You can be righteous and rich. What's the difference between those two? It's how you manage. It's if you are walking in his righteousness. Look up the parable of the talents. Three individuals, they all get the same thing, where they all are given responsibilities. One buries his, one is modest with his investments, one is really prudent with his investments. He takes from the one who has nothing and gives it to the one who has everything. This is God's righteousness. This is God's justice. We are not created equal. I am not better than you. You are not better than me. We are not better than anybody. But first, the first step when you become born again, you are transferred out of the world system and put into the kingdom system. You are now a child of God and you are now to walk in his righteousness and to serve his kingdom and not the world's kingdom. And one of the ways that we serve is charity and investments. This is not going to be about money, folks, but part of it is because money is a big part of our lives and it's one of the biggest pits that many fall into. I know I've said this many times. Jesus did not say you cannot serve the devil and God because there's plenty of people doing that. 
There's plenty of false teachers out there that are actually serving the devil, but pretending to serve God and they're reading God's scripture and they're actually getting some good fruit. You have to have some good fruit, but it's what's behind the scene is what really matters. You can serve that. You'll go to hell, <laughs> but probably, I don't know. I'm not the judge. We're going to talk about judgment in a minute too. However, you cannot serve mammon and God. So let me define a couple different things for you because one of the things, so the, the world system buys and sells, and that is the world system that you were transferred out of when you became born again. The kingdom system sows and reaps. You sow into something and you reap back. And God will give you more because he trusts you to sow. You can be righteous and poor. You can be righteous and rich. It's how you manage. So charity is a biblical mandate. It's the act of giving to others without expecting a return or even a thank you. So when one of your brothers or sisters comes to you, and I say brothers or sisters in the kingdom, okay, in particular, this can apply to the secular humanists. If you have charity or compassion on them, yes, it can apply. But mainly, if one of your brothers or sisters says, hey, listen, I'm short. Can you give me $500? You can loan it to them. You can actually write out an agreement and you can expect a return on it. If you do that, that will be your return if it does come to fruition. But you're not sowing kingdom treasure. To sow kingdom treasure is to do it without expectation. So if someone says, can you loan me 500? Yes, I can loan you 500. You give them 500, but in your mind, you're not expecting it back. Or you just simply give it as a gift. And no, you won't always even hear a thank you because people think that it should be shared. People think we should all be equal. We're not. Again, you are uniquely made for his purposes. He's put his signature in your DNA. So that's charity. Now let's talk about investments. This is when you can release your resources where there is an expectation that it will produce fruit, maybe greater productivity. If you're doing it in a business, it may also produce a return based on agreements. Both are biblical. You know, it's a, it's actually a really good Bible study uh, to review about uh, poverty and giving. And again, how you can actually be robbing someone of their spiritual growth. Sometimes God needs to bring someone down into the pig pen as the prodigal son was so they can turn their life around. Sometimes your compassion is not helping them at all. 
folks, uh, you know what? I, I did it for years. Maybe I should continue doing it. But honestly, uh, read Proverbs every day. The first day of the month, read the first proverb. Second day of the month, easy way to track it. Uh, read the second proverb. They're short. They take about three to four minutes, and you truly will get the wisdom of God, and it will help you in your walk. And you'll realize that God's plan for some people is to let them go into that pig's pen. You don't want to interfere with God's plan. I know it sounds harsh. Sometimes you are called to sow in. You will know God pays for what he orders. Sometimes it's not money. Sometimes it's teaching. It's walking with. It's yoking with someone. But, you know, I I love the analogy of the caterpillar that goes into the cocoon. And you could think, well, this thing is going to die or something. It's, but it's being transformed and it comes out beautiful and it flies where it was a crawling thing becomes beautiful and it flies. Listen, this has happened in my life more than once. I've hit rock bottom more than once, not only financially, personally, I was so dead but supernaturally, God can lift you up. He lifted me up from the pit in 48 hours and turned my life around. Am I special? Yeah. I'm special to God. So are you. Does God care more for me than he does for you? No. He loves us all, and he has a walk for each one of us. And we have to understand what our assignments are. So in the uniqueness that God has given us, it's important to know that his righteousness, his rules, his biblical scriptures apply to all of us equally. Okay, now some people can get away with some things that other people can't. This is true. Uh, Listen, I, I like to drink beer. I can go drink beer with friends. I tend not to get drunk. It hasn't happened very often, not in the many years. Um, Sometimes it has happened accidentally. I will admit that. Um, But the closer I get to God, the less often that ever happens. And I don't drink that often. However, I am able to, and part of my ministry for many years was to go in. I was ministering to bikers. I was going in where nobody else would go. And if I didn't drink a beer and smoke a cigar, believe me, I wasn't getting in there because there was nothing to relate to. You have to have some relationship Paul became a Greek to the Greeks, a Jew to the Jews. Uh, And I'm not justifying anything. I can't justify myself. I can only tell you that, you know, for a time in my life, God has permitted things. Now, if you're someone who was an alcoholic or something like that, you cannot do that because you have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. I can stop. 
I don't need to drink. I go many, many, I go long times without having a drink. It doesn't matter to me. It's not important to me. It's a pleasure in my life. Absolutely. But there are many different things in our uniqueness and in our walks that we need to mention. You have a different destiny than I do. In this walk, in this world, we all have the same destiny to become the bride of Jesus Christ. But you're going to have different skill sets. You're going to have different economic consequences. We're going to have different living standards. Look, I live pretty humbly, you know, and I and I did very well professionally for many years, but I live very humbly, and I'm going to address how I do that um, coming up as well. But, you know, there's some people who are super athletic, and they're called to stuff like that. Um, there's people who are not. There's people who are, have great gifts of compassion. There are people who have great gifts of serving. There's people who have great gifts of teaching. There's all kinds of gifts. And, you know, I've heard it said so many times in churches, but it's true. You know, the person who greets you in the parking lot of the church and helps you park is just as important as the preacher. And that's true. Because if someone has a negative experience as they're being greeted in the parking lot or at the front door or being ushered to a seat or whatever it is, um, they won't stay. They won't come back, no matter how good the preacher is. Or the preacher can not be that great, but that person in the parking lot was so fantastic, you have to go and see them every single time. So we are not, our gifts make us unequal in many ways. And so do our genetics. Again, some people are athletes. I, I, I'm not a, a pro athlete. Um, you know, you may be, you may not be. But God will always reserve for himself the right to judge at how these differences work out in his righteousness. We have the same responses, no matter what your gifts are, to walk with personal disciplines. Again, I may be permitted to do some things you're not permitted to. You're probably permitted to do some things that I'm not permitted to. But we need to be disciplined in what our calling is. And if you go back a few times, we we discussed on how to find out what your calling is, how to start going and to start working your life more into the will of God and be obedient to God. And a lot of it is all based on our relationships and our commitments to each other. Again, you cannot get everything that God has for you by doing it alone. If you want what God has for you, we need to commit to each other. We need to work together. We need to lift one another up. 
whether that's financially, whether that's being yoked, whether that's teaching. But this is the way that God has made it. It's the genius of his plan. As I've said before, it really is the genius of his plan. So let's talk about some of our personal commitments. Our personal commitments are, well, let's break them up into two categories, uh, righteousness and justice. Because again, if you think that uh, we're all called to be equal, there's no justice in that. Why would someone who works so hard be equal to the lazy person? Of course not. I'm going to read some scriptures on that. In fact, let me uh, let me go to one right now. Um, uh, da, 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 da. But as for you, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or you as well, why do you regard your brother or sister in contempt? Oh, the wrong scripture, but I'll keep continue reading. For we will appear before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, As I live, says the Lord, to me every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Give praise to God. Um Sorry, I thought I had these in orders. In order, you have sown so much only to harvest little. You eat, but there is not enough to be satisfied. You drink, but there is not enough to become drunk. You put on your clothing, but there is not enough for anyone to get warm. And the one who earns, earns wages to put in a money bag of holes. Why did I read that? Begin, we are not equal. And we have to search out his righteousness and we have to search out his justice. So we have personal commitments to righteousness and to justice, and we have social commitments to righteousness and to justice. Um, I didn't mention this at the top end, uh, but pause if you don't have a notepad. Uh, pause now, uh, get a notepad, and start to write these down. So our personal commitments to righteousness. We need to be of good character. You know, you can live great all of your life and make one bad mistake and your character is gone. And, you know, this isn't going to be a controversial uh, example. However, listen, you could have lived 
married, happily married, raised kids and everything. And maybe you got bored in your marriage and the world has told you you need to try new things because they're certainly telling you that today. And you tried gay sex. Well, guess what? You're now labeled as gay. It might have been only once. <laughs> Men, you do something to another man, you're known as someone who does something to another man. Women, the same thing. Your character is defiled. Take many, many years to rebuild your character standing in the community. Yeah, there's forgiveness, but your character has been flawed. And that's why we also, our personal commitment in righteousness has to be some purity. Okay? We're not all called to be perfect. We live in an imperfect world. But we are called to walk with purity. And how do you do that? Our personal commitment to righteousness is obedience, to be a disciplined learner. And by doing those things more and more, you're not going to be perfect. You're certainly not starting out as perfect. But your personal righteousness, if you maintain your character, your purity, and your obedience to becoming a disciplined learner and actor of the faith, you will excel in righteousness. <clears throat> and so how does this relate to justice? Because again, we are not made equally. Well, your personal commitment is relational to, to your community. Are you acting selflessness? Are you acting in selflessness? When Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, he was showing that. He was showing many things, but certainly selflessness. Also, we really need to stop judging each other. Stop judging me. Who put you in? Listen, there's whole channels dedicated to judging me, to judging other people who have been on the show and stuff like that. They're nothing but gossipers. They're gossipers. They think they're doing righteous. They're not doing righteous. Who are you to judge? You need biblical conflict resolution. Listen, I have an issue with someone in my life right now. And I really uh, made an extreme effort. I won't give the details, but I made an extreme effort recently to go to this person and to discuss some of these issues. That is the biblical way. And then if not received, you go back with two or three or four witnesses. And then if not received, then you go and do that. These people are doing hit jobs on me. Which one of you has ever approached me? Oh, gossipers. And by the way, gossipers 
are lawbreakers, they're slanderers, and they have unforgiveness in their heart. Way to go, good Christian. So what are our social commitments? Well, we are called not to judge. Um, we can judge someone's actions. Absolutely, that's biblical. We can judge actions. So we can judge them against thing, but we're not called to judge them. So, you know, clear examples are we don't judge someone based on the color of their skin. About if they're male or female. Now, if someone has pronouns and they claim to be something they're not, well, we can judge that. If a dude is telling me he's a lady, but I know he's a dude, um, no, I can judge that he's a dude. <laughs> of course, they're not They're not going to make me lie. They're not going to make you lie either. Stand your ground, folks. Don't cave into this. Um, another thing is, you know, you might want to consider not to um, judge or, you know, this is this is how to walk in, uh, in righteousness in our social commitments. What about someone's denomination? You know, Pentecostals are crazy. Um, you know, Baptists or Catholics don't uh, speak in tongues, so they don't get it. You know, everyone has their own walk. Everyone was made uniquely with God's signature. Some people cannot worship with their hands above their head and sing out loud in front of everyone. But some people worship by tithing in, by investing in ministries. There's all kinds of different ways to honor your God in righteousness. So don't judge someone else's path. Uh, we also need to have a social commitment to empower others. Man, I've learned in my life, and I hope you learn this too if you haven't, but one of the things that brings me the greatest amount of joy in this world is lifting people up, empowering them. I'm getting so much joy on the feedback that I'm getting from this series because I know it's changing lives. It's God's supernatural power changing lives. I have no illusions that it's me. I'm just serving the kingdom and helping to empower you. Um. We need to have charity towards others. Again, sowing and reaping. I've given some explanation of that already, so I won't uh, rehash that. And also, just our social commitment to each other's. Um, we need to commit to each other. In this Right on Radio community, for instance, we need to commit to each other. Um, because when I know you have my back, I'm empowered to do more and to expose more or to teach more when, when I think, if I think you're committed to me, man, does that really increase my commitment to you? And I think you feel the same way. If I'm committed to you, you're probably going to be more likely committed to me. Folks, it's like a marriage. Marriage is a commitment. Is it perfect? Heck no. Heck no. My marriage is an example. It's not nearly perfect but I'm committed and she's committed to me. We've gone through some tough times, 
we've even talked about divorce, but at the end of the day, we made a covenant and we stuck to that covenant and we got through it and our marriage is better than ever. We went through some tough times. I'm sure you have as well. So our social commitment to righteousness, uh, those things, and our social commitment to justice is we need to be informed relative to the biblical rights of others. How about a right to worship in a different way than you do? How about a right to speak in tongues or to not speak in tongues? It's your right. God made you unique. It's okay. But we also have to work. This is our commitment to God's justice because we're sons and daughters of the king, okay? He is the ultimate judge, but we are to do the father's business. And we need to extend the kingdom of God to all spheres of human life. Doesn't matter if you're Chinese, doesn't matter if you're Russian, doesn't matter if you're Ukrainian, doesn't matter if you're a politician, doesn't matter if you're just a a stock person, it doesn't matter. We are called to extend the kingdom of God to everyone. Um, And we also, listen, need to stand up. Uh, on some social issues as well. And this is something we need to do collectively. And I'm just going to name a a few things that are really uh, important to God. Uh, Abortion, obviously, the killing and sacrificing of babies, uh, human life, God's creation, his signatures already in the DNA. And we've covered on the show what happens. It's it's horrible. And it's horrible for the mother who does it. There's long-term consequences. It's just as bad as it gets. It's killing babies, folks. It can't get worse. Uh, so we obviously need to be pro-life and, uh, and stand up against abortion. Another thing that's very, very important to God is we need to stand against welfare. You see, with welfare, the government becomes God. People are dependent on the government for their welfare. And they can never achieve it. It's a trap. It be, it makes Welfare makes you a slave. There's no other way to put it. The government should not be in the welfare business. The church should be in the welfare business. Where we have the discernment to either give someone money or to teach them or both. But every person is unique and the solution is always different. What is the father's purpose in that person's life? And obviously uh, we need to stand against, you know, drugs and, you know, violence and, and people who do not enforce justice like all these uh, attorney generals that have been hired by certain billionaires that are out there and uh, 
And when the justice system is upside down, it's really anti-God. We need to stand up against all of those things. We need to stand up against political uh, corruption because right now the entire world says, oh yeah, politicians are corrupt and they just go on with their daily lives. Where no, 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 you're corrupt, you're fired and you're going to stand trial because that's the law of the land. Uh, how much time do I got? Okay. Um, so, so unequal and unique are relative terms. And I just want to keep bringing this back forward. Um, Again, you can be righteous and you can be rich. You can be righteous and you can be poor. It's how you manage. And to have more means a much greater responsibility to both God and man. And actually, let me just pull up a, uh, a scripture here. I didn't have it up, but I should. Uh, I'm going to read Luke 12. And let me just go down and find it here. Sorry, folks, I should have had this one up. Luke 12, verse 48. But the one who did not know it and committed acts deserving of a beating will only receive only a few blows. For everyone who has been given much will be demanded. And to whom they entrusted much of him, they will ask more. There you go, folks. Um, injustice, on the other hand, is to deny someone what God wants us to share with them. And I'll just uh, give you a couple scriptures there. Proverbs 3, verse 27. Um, and actually, James 2, uh, verses 15 and 16 are good references for that. But just to, as we as we start to bring this to a close, um, righteousness and justice. Uh, justice doesn't favor the rich or the poor, according to God's word. But in this upside-down world, we're seeing the exact opposite. And we can no longer be complacent. This is our. This is what we need to have as our social commitment as the bride of Christ. Okay, we cannot stand for this. And yeah, you have to get your name out there. You have to put yourself out there. It's dangerous in this time. I know. God didn't call you to be comfortable. He called you to be a son or a daughter. We need to get out there. Uh, and again, it's in your individuality. How did God create you? What are you called to do? Maybe you're to serve uh, those people who are putting their faces out there. Maybe you're supposed to be in the background. I don't know. Maybe you're supposed to fund them. I don't know. It's what has God called you to. But it has to be done in God's will. Again, what is the what is God's purpose in my life? What are my giftings and what am I called to do? 
but we have to always remember that although we want justice in this world, it is not to make everyone equal because that goes against God and his design. Uh, yeah, I got to pull up another scripture. Sorry. Uh, I should have had this one out as well. I went on a couple tangents that threw me off <laughs> in this one. Okay, let me go to the Psalms for this one. I'm going to go to Psalm 89. And I want verse 14. Psalms 89, verse 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before you. Ah, you just got to keep going. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound, Lord. They walk in the light of your face. In your name, they rejoice all the day, and by your righteousness, they are exalted. For you are the glory of their strength, and by your favor, our horn is exalted. For our shield belongs to the Lord, and our King to the Holy One of Israel. Amen. So God expects us to be instruments. He expects us to be that horn of justice and righteousness. And uh, let me finish up with seven steps. And I'm going to talk about this is your foundation for success. And it, this really encapsulates um, all the things that this new goggles series is about. And success is serving God well. Success is to be able to stand in front of the Lord and say, I have run my course. Or he is, he says, you have run your course and you've done well. I'm paraphrasing. But, you know, the scripture from Paul. So here is your seven steps to walk with new goggles on to do the will of God and to hear his voice clearly and really to pray without ceasing because it doesn't mean you're always on your knees. It's just to include God in your conversations as we talked about that before. Always send your conversation up through the Lord Jesus and down to the other person and also hear the other person through Jesus and back to you. So number one, actually, let me... Mm, yeah. Uh, number one and seven is going to be the pinnacle of this. Number one is to simply make the commitment to obey and to serve God. 
And when you make a commitment, that means you're committed. By definition, are you committed? You're called to be, but you're given free will. Make the commitment to not only obey, but to serve God and his kingdom to all human beings. Number two, you must be committed to being a disciple, a disciplined learner of God and train in it. And again, a disciple isn't really adding things into your life. It's usually the removing of the world from your life. And it's like that, it's like the, the example that's given many times, but if this drink, I'm going to, in fact, I need a drink. Now my glass is half full. God can fill it up to here. If I empty my glass, God can fill the entire glass. We need to empty ourselves. And that is being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, you need to refuse special treatment. You know, people who are on welfare are the biggest ones who cry out for special treatment. Well, the world is cruel, man, so I should have free dentist as well. You know, how come... I don't get filet mignon when I'm on welfare. It's not equal, man. It's not fair. Stop demanding special treatment from the world. Demand it from the Lord. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Pray for special treatment from God. You know, uh, <laughs> my wife has always called me Man, I'm going to get in trouble for sharing this, but uh, she has always called me the Lord's spoiled brat because I'm a brat and I feel that I've been spoiled. I've gone through some really tough times, folks, but he has spoiled me even in those tough times. Never went without. Um, so I do ask for special treatment from God, but not from man and not from the world system. Because we're not called to be part of the world system. The, another thing you need to be committed to, number four, is God is always playing the long game. He's the beginning and the end. We need to stop reacting emotionally to things and reacting, and we need to always look at the long game. Look at the long game always. Think of what the consequences of things are. Think about all the different scenarios. Use the brain that God has given you. Focus long term. The other thing is understanding who number, uh, so that was number four. Number five is you really need to focus on what your specific training 
is supposed to be because God created you unique. So you have a unique call to serve his kingdom. We all make up part of the body. You know, what is a body? If we have, if you don't have a foot, you know, it's the body doesn't move properly. Maybe you're called to be the foot. Maybe you're called to be an armpit. I don't know, but you need an armpit folks. Otherwise you don't have an arm, you know, it's like, but you need to specifically train in your call. So if you don't know your call, go back a few episodes, find out what your call is and uh, really specifically train in it because God will bless you abundantly in that. Um, number six is something that I need to work on. Uh, this is very, very difficult for me, uh, but I need we need to really develop our relational skills. We can't relate to everyone in this world, but try to see things from their perspective and you'll be able to read between the lines. You'll understand what people are saying more. Uh, if you can, there's a lot of relational skills and uh, just the best study of this would be just look at how Jesus related to people. Uh, what Jesus did is good by me. And he said the perfect example. And Number seven is faith and grace. Extend your faith. Have greater faith. Believe your prayers. This is the key to praying, folks, is to believe your prayer. If you pray in the Father's will, <coughs> it will be done. It's, it's that simple. You need to really believe your prayer. I have a lot of success in my prayer life, not because I'm special, not because he gave me this great gift of prayer. There's many people who pray way more eloquently than I do. But a lot of my prayers get answered because I believe them and I pray in the Father's will. They don't always get ins answered instantly, but they do get answered. And most of the time, what I pray for comes true. And it will for you as well. And of course, have grace upon others. Give grace. When someone falls, help them up. Even if their character is defiled, always have grace. And with that, I'll leave you. I hope you enjoyed this series of new goggles. It's certainly been a joy for me to teach this. And uh, right after this airs, uh, we have our Singapore prayer celebration. Please join us. Uh, it starts at 8 p.m. on Telegram, the Right On Radio official channel. You'll see a thing for chat and just join. And uh, let's see your faith put into action in your prayer. God bless each and every one of you, and please, uh, please hit like and uh, and leave a comment. It really does help, even if you just says great or bad or whatever. Uh, please hit like and leave a comment. It's much appreciated. God bless each and every one of you, and thank you for watching. New goggles. <laughs>